We are back at it, Mr. Graham. It has been a whole month off. I was going to say, some habits die hard because I was waiting for that cough. I know Mel was too, and it finally fucking came. Yeah, well, you know, I got to clear my throat. Sorry, I'm sorry I'm fat and have allergies. Get the fuck over it, okay? No, I won't. Still, <laughs> I will not. You will not? You will not, okay. But will you with a goat? Will you on a boat? Will you? I am Sam. Sam, I am. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Let's start the show. That's my line. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Ray K.A. the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow the Malort. The straight and short. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Is this the real life or is it just fantasy? Hello and welcome to the Drunker United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the road weary, working hard, chasing his tail, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. Thank you very much. Nice, nice. How are you? Wonderful. Normally you have a little bit more to pontificate upon there, but I guess not. Hey, mama mia, mama mia, Galileo, my friend. Let's keep it going. <laughs> We are recording at the Drunker United Public House just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. The same as it's been for the last three years, ladies and gents. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via old school email. Or as I like to say, Sam, you can just zoom your ass on in, which is the case of our guest today. We got Steven. Steven, how you doing, man? Sam and Sam, thanks for having me. I'm doing great today. Excellent. And who do you support, sir? Well, I'm a Watford supporter. Uh, and yeah, take it at what it is. I'm a Watford supporter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, Sammy, tell me if you heard this one All before. Right. A fat Drake impersonator and Sir Elton John walk into a bar. Sam and myself both <laughs> work in the wine and spirit industry and both share a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans that we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, what are we drinking? Uh, you made us a very lovely pineapple punch, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, but you will speak about the punch. I am here to talk about Tito's Handmade Vodka, which is the vodka you used in it. Uh, one of the cleanest vodkas around. It is made from 100% corn in Austin, Texas, the father of craft vodkas. Um, it has been around now for quite a long time and is now the number one spirit in the country. Um, you should be able to find it in a 1.75 liter, which is what you purchased to mm -hmm. make this punch, uh, between $29.99 and $34.99 on the shelf all throughout these great United States. Al, as we tend to do with uh, every 3rd of July, there's always a little leftovers, and I always like to use uh, one of the drinks from the 3rd of July for the uh, next show we record, which is the case here. Um, what I did was is I infused the Tito's with pineapple for about three days, and then on the last day, I added mint as well. It's very important you add the herbs second, Sam, because they can very much overpower the drink. Absolutely. Mint especially. <laughs> mm -hmm. Looked like a double mint gum commercial. Uh, then I mixed it with um, a little bit of pineapple juice. And then I uh, squirted in about uh, four fresh limes. Because you want to make sure there's that balance of acid and sourness so it doesn't get too terribly sweet. 
and then just spritz it up. I used a uh, lemon lime seltzer water, not a soda, because again, the soda would have the sugar, and that's what you're trying to stay away from. You want it to be light and refreshing. And uh, added that all together, and I think it turned out pretty damn good. But um, you know what? It is delicious. Steven came prepared. Steven, you got a beer, don't you? You know, I always, well, it seems like I always have a beer in my hand, but it's funny you mention alcohol because I, I'm not that big of a wine connoisseur nor a spirits guy, but I'm big into the craft beer scene here in California. So today I'm keeping it clear and West Coast. I got uh, Russian Rivers Blind Pig. It's a 6.25 West Coast IPA. It's clear and golden, hop centric, beautiful pine bite. Um, some might think that the, the pine bite is a bit overly aggressive, but I think it works quite well for me. Uh, you have orange peel in there with a the slight breadiness, and you do pick up uh, some citrus flavors like strawberry and tangerine as it's warm as it warms. It's always a favorite, and I always got it in my fridge. Excellent, very very good. Sounds delightful to be honest. And, and Sammy, what else should we do? Always remember to drink responsibly. All though. right. Well, let's have ourselves a hell of a show, kids. There we go. All right. So. Each new season, we always like to introduce the newly promoted clubs, having kind of a getting to know you segment solely focused on the one club and one supporter from said club. So we start with Watford, a side that's been in the Premier League for quite a while, unfortunately went down, but they came right back up. I just need to quickly say, yeah, uh, Mr. Steven, no pressure. You're speaking for all of Watford Nation right now. (laughs) (laughs) So what got you into Watford, Steven? (laughs) Well, oddly enough, it was FIFA on the Xbox back in the early 2000s, I believe. I was using the Hornets. Tradini was a beast, and Ben Foster couldn't beat. But then again, maybe it was a skill at playing the game. I don't know. But I I started following Foster a little bit more closely when uh, he uh, made the move to Manchester United. But unfortunately, he was behind Edwin Vanessar. And uh, Vanessar was on his way out in 2011, but the Red Devils decided to bring in another young kid we may know. David De Gea. Yep. So Foster only saw about 12 games in the next five years, and that's when he went on loan to Watford in 05 uh, for a couple of years. But I was excited to see Foster return to the Vic in 2018 uh, when he was purchased from West Brom. So that, that's a little bit of the backstory on on why I support Watford. Excellent. Very cool. Very cool. Sammy, why don't you go ahead and handle the next one? Not a problem. Uh, if you could, my good sir, uh, please just give us a quick history of the club. Wow. Well, let's see. I've I've never been to Watford, never been to England, but, um, you know, I've got a group of guys I drink beer with and talk fantasy football here online, and uh, I'm trying to get back there to uh, to check a Watford game out. But uh, Watford's in the town or borough of Hertfordshire, which is about 15 miles northwest of London. Uh, their club badge is a heart, which is an adult male deer, and their logo is a hornet. Now, I know that sounds weird, but hang with me here for a minute. So uh, Watford adopted the hornet's nickname back in 1959, and uh, that's when they changed the kit colors from blue and white to yellow and black and the club crest depicting a hornet. And then I think it was in 74, 75, the crest was changed to depict Harry the Hornet, who's the club's mascot. And then in 78, that crest was replaced with what we see now, a male uh, red fallow deer, which is also referred to as the heart. So it represents the town's location in the county of Hertfordshire. And Watford is known as the Yellow Army or the uh, Orns. So uh, that's a little bit about the backstory. They played Vicarage Road, seats about 22,000. Stadium's got the Rookery End, which is for the supporters. Um, let's see, it has a Graham Taylor stand for our manager, who has been the most successful manager uh, at Watford. And um, 
It's it's got a distinctive sort of a, a, a wavy type roof along the west side of the ground. Then on the east side, as you guys mentioned a little earlier, Sir Elton John, he's got a stand named after mm-hmm. the former chairman when uh, he became the club's chairman in 76. And uh, he's the one who um, actually appointed Graham Taylor, who, uh, who, who, who was our most successful manager and uh, saw the club jump three uh, divisions and uh, up to the English first division. So... Uh, it's kind of exciting. Well, I know, I know that there was some financial woes with uh, Elton John and and yeah, he put all well, of the club's finances up his nose. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and into his liver. You don't normally want to have a rock star <laughs> owning a football team when he's an actual rock star because you know he didn't like cocaine. He just liked the way it smelled a lot. You know, <laughs> he sold the club in '87, then repurchased to get in ten years later in '97, stepping down, and I think it was 2002. Um, when it required a full-time chairman, but uh, he continued on, but he's no longer a majority shareholder. Uh, but he's, he's still he's a diehard, still, isn't he? Yeah, he still holds a huge financial interest in the club, and he still attends games regularly. But he's he's part of what Watford is. I mean, not oh, only yeah. in the at the Vic, but in the in the in the big picture. So it's kind of exciting to see him there at times. On Friday, yes, this past Friday, uh huh. I procured my tickets for next September on the farewell tour at Nationals Park. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. With my brothers and sisters, my wife, their wives and husband mm-hmm. and uh, my stepmother. Yes, it's uh, his his late father absolutely loved yep. Elton John was his one seed number one with a bullet. And uh, Sam, you've seen him now three times. No, this will be my second. Okay, and it's I not until next September yeah. um, when it comes to D.C. But uh, <laughs> I saw him once up at Hershey Park, oddly enough. Um, he was in the the Hershey Bears Stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very cool. It's pretty good. That was nice. a much more intimate venue than Nationals Park. No, yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so it's gonna be good though. Excited. Yeah, well, you go in with the whole family. It'll be fun. Yeah, loads can't just, wait. Just, just, just make sure. Big, big old cry. Just make sure to uh, mock your brother <laughs> for me with uh, "Hold me close, it's time to dance, sir." Well, that, so <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this story, and it's it's a very quick one. Uh, but you know. Hold Me Close, Tiny Dancer, you know, is the lyric for that song. My brother, as we were one day, like, driving in the car singing, and this is right around the time my father passed away, uh, he he was saying, hold me close, it's time to dance, sir. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So those aren't the words. It's Tiny Dancer. And he goes, no. Are you serious? I said, yeah. So why'd you think it was that? He goes, I don't know. He's gay. It makes sense. <laughs> Hold me you're close. Like, it's time to dance, like, sir. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, Idiot. It's, not. <laughs> it's very funny. Your brother, very talented footballer. Common sense of a doorknob. <laughs> All right. So, Stephen, what changes happened to the side this past season when, I mean, obviously we know about Decore moving on to Everton. And uh, did you lose many other players? Because it looked like you kept a, I know kept Sar, which was huge. And I'm cer- sure it certainly helped in the promotion of the club as well. But what kind of changes happened with the club as, as a total when you came down to the championship? Yeah, we, we lost some good players, but um, last year didn't start well at all under the care of uh, Vladimir Ivic, who uh, was hired on a one-year contract from Maccabi Tel Aviv. And, you know, oddly enough, he won back-to-back championships. I mean, granted, it's Israel. It's not England. But uh, he had a good track record, but he seemed to butt heads with management and players and just was not that that manager who had that that Watford feel to him. So he lasted four months, I think about 20 games. Watford was languishing in about fifth. 
which wasn't bad, but wasn't great. So uh, he was terminated. And then Francisco Javier Munez Lompart, or we know him as Cisco, Spanish footballer from La Liga in Georgia, returned uh, to, uh, or he, 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 he debuted at Watford. He played most of his football in Georgia, though. Famously he, uh, wrote the, the thong song also. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> he coached here in 2019, then he took over as the uh, the manager in 2020 in uh, Dinamo Tbilisi, where and then he was signed late December for Watford. But I do think he was the biggest change of the club and the biggest impact uh, after we were relegated the championship. His impact was immediate as Watford uh, won like four out of six, and they improved a third in the table. But uh, he got a lot of praise, not only from the uh, the Pozo ownership, but the chairman, Scott Duxbury. But he was somewhat in the mold of Javi Gracia, in my opinion. He uh, He's loved by his players. He's loved by ownership and the supporters. And uh, after he got the uh, the 1-0 win against Millwall to confirm our promotion, he said, I want this moment with our fans. And when our fans are in the stadium the first day of the Premier, I need a big party. So hopefully we can give him that big party here when the Premier League starts. But uh, his run, I mean, he guided Watford to second the championship. That was awesome. Earned praise from the uh, the technical director saying he did a great job. Uh, we believe in the group. The coach around him is highly professional and has numerous resources. One moment we're out of the playoffs, but then we recovered the ground and we're satisfied. I think we continue <clears throat> with him. Now, I take that with a grain of salt because we've seen that before with Watford managers. Yeah, definitely. And, um, even though some of these managers brought that team spirit with them, other managers just didn't have it. Pearson didn't have it. Sanchez Flores, uh, neither of them did that. But Cisco came in. He brought. He, he switched the system to a four-three-three, and he moved Will Hughes back to a central role with oh, his excellent. two midfield partners mm-hmm. uh, going forward in the tax. And I, I think this suits Watford's style of play. And it just clicked. And it was evident by the results this season. The players were. They're actually a huge part of why Watford was relegated. But many of those same players, as you mentioned, with the exception of a couple helped us gain promotion this last yeah. season. Well, Graham and myself, we always have liked Will Hughes as a player. We've yeah, always absolutely. I thought he was honestly one that was going to move on Yeah, at the end of last season. I think he's a, a very serviceable midfielder, absolutely. And then, you know, Saar, besides doing the lovely uh, um, brace on um, Liverpool, was also a hell of a player, too. Absolutely. Yeah, and that Will was, Hughes, that was the one thing lacking mm-hmm. from his game was goals. And in the season, Watford were relegated. I believe he got seven or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and scored like two or three games on the pop as well uh, early on. Yeah. So so that you, you were talking about the change in formation going with the 4-3-3. Do you think that that's something you're going to be able to continue to do in the Premier League or are you going to have to start being a little more defensive minded? We'll have to see. I, I, I think the defense is solid. If there's any part of our game that is solid, it is a defense starting with whoever we start in goal, be it Foster uh, be it Bachman, but I mean, the, the defense has quite a bit of experience. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe there will be times where we'll probably throw five defenders back there. I mean, you play Man City, Liverpool, Man United, maybe even Everton uh, on a chance, uh, but I doubt that. But, um, <laughs> you know, for the, mo- for the most part, I, I think we'll see a 4-3-3 going forward. I, I think if they can hold the ball and and get those counterattacks down the wings with Saar and maybe Ken Sema on the left with some speed in the middle, we may be successful. But, you know, my expectations are are, are dialed back. I'm not going to say we're going to be in the top seven, even the top ten. But as long as we stay in the Premier League, 
That's all that matters. Excellent. Now, um, the, Sam, I'm going to do this next one, and then you do the last two questions we got. Yeah, what you got? No, that's fine. Do you have? You look like you had something. You I was just going to say I'd, I'd like to poke the bear. I figured I'd go ahead and pit you two against each other real fast. But oh, okay. if you'd like to do it, go for it. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> um, so you and I, uh, for a very long time, say, shared the same entrance music with uh, Zed Cars. Now, I know you guys have recently changed it. What have you changed it to? All right. So there's a little bit of backstory on Zed Cars, right? It was it was the longest running BBC TV series, right? Mm-hmm. And Everton was the first club to change to the song in the 62-63 season. Now, Watford followed suit in October of 63. And then we went on this huge unbeaten streak that lasted until December of 64. So it was Watford's manager, Bill McGreary. It was his favorite television program during his tenure. So before relegation, Watford actually changed that song and they consulted Elton John. Sorry, Sir Elton John, smash hit. I'm still standing. Well, when, wait, <laughs> wait, hold on real quick. Time out. Stop here. You changed it at the beginning of uh, 19, didn't you? Correct. I don't know if it was the beginning. It was somewhere during 19 it was changed. Yeah. Got relegated that season. Because we were so fucking shitty. They said, oh, let's change the, let's change the walk-on music. Maybe that'll help. Sir Elton John, what would you like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, also, what what? how many managers that season? What was it, four? Something like four. that. Yeah. yeah. Garcia was don't the first me. to go. They right? only averaged three games apiece. Hey, bring back bring back somebody. Oh, what was it? Uh, uh uh, Sanchez was yeah, like Kike Sanchez, Kike Flores. Sanchez yeah, Flores. Yeah, he was like he was gone, then third, he was back like two was weeks like later. His third go around with the club. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't even unpacked the box yet. <laughs> then, <laughs> not, <laughs> then when he left his then, office, then Nigel Pearson's out there dances with the wolves and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I I have long held the belief, and I know how important it is to both of you all. But yes, Zed Carr's lame as shit. Okay, well I'll tell I you love that. it. One, well, yeah. I'm still standing is terrible entrance music. Mm-hmm. Yes, also. it is. There, I can think of at least three Elton John songs uh, off the top of my head that would be more suited to walking out an entrance music. You know, Let's hear I could think I could think of worse. Things. <laughs> I'm not going to belt out the great like, man's material like you're I'm not uh, worthy, like your uh, <laughs> mid table problems that you're dealing with with us as well. There. I also don't how's, feel like crying right how's, now. How's Europe <laughs> treating you this year, Sam? How's hey, Europe treating you? Restful. <laughs> Those beaches on the south of France midweek seem really nice. Yeah. All right. You okay. got the next one, killer. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So besides Sir Elton, who uh, is starting to take over the show, Sir Elton FC, uh, what other famous supporters does Watford have? Are there anybody of note that we should we should be following here? Or is the rhinestone studded pianist uh, the best of the bunch? Well, he's probably the most famous supporter of Watford. Uh, there was rumor that uh, two-time unified heavyweight world champion, Olympic gold medals, Anthony Joshua, who was from Watford, was a supporter. But I guess on uh, Peradini's podcast, Dini Talks, he actually claimed his allegiance to Arsenal. So instead, we get fucking Spice Girl Ginger Spice. Is a <laughs> yes. Yellow and black supporter. Not that I ever want to say that too loud, but... Uh, yeah, another one, and I, you know, I'm seeing a pattern here. George Michael, I guess, uh, has a passing fancy for Watford too. Oh my God! But All three again, of those so are do many used. of J- so do uh, a lot of Elton John's uh, mates. But I, uh, you go figure that out for yourself. And finally, there is one guy, Adam Leventhal. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's an English TV presenter and journalist for mm-hmm. um, the Athletic UK. Mm-hmm. He supports the Hornets and provides some uh, some excellent news and notes on, on the Athletic site. But uh, beyond that. 
I support him. There's not much. Out so, there. <laughs> so, Stephen, we do a uh, bit uh, during the season where we do our betting, but uh, it's a total ripoff of um, the, sh- the Tony Kornheiser show in uh uh, he's the PTI guy. He does Probably a he does a radio show. Loud. I don't mind. <laughs> in radio, in radio, if you if you're hearing it from me, it's probably been stolen. Everybody, everybody steals each other's material. So, um, <clears throat> but the kitty, the bit, the kitty, the chicken bit is we have kitty pick games, right? But the way she picks games is by showing like photos on her iPad or YouTube videos or her record collection, and it's always her hanging with somebody famous. So I assure you, there will be Kitty and Ginger Spice hanging out when she's picking Watford to win. But, you know, it's Watford, so it won't be very often. Anyways, Sammy. <laughs> or, 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 you know what? Be but, her and Elton John pouring a pint over uh, George Michael's grave. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> pouring it, one out for the homies. You know, I will say this much. She never picks Everton. So we could see her picking Watford over Everton. That could definitely as, happen. As long as we have two wins on the season and they're both against Everton, I can care for <laughs> Yeah. You know what, <laughs> Sam, before we get to the final question, let's go ahead and uh, uh, touch base on that a little bit because I've been the recipient of everything and it's oh. been A-OK like, like my club has been. But you guys have been screwed over right proper by Everton on more than one occasion. Yeah, you know, two years ago when when Watford sold Richarlison, I was completely, I was just fucking pissed. You know, I, I thought they were going to stick with him, let him run the year out. But as we saw, he's only half season player. He can play about sixteen games, and then he gets fucking tired, and he was <laughs> he was gone the second half of the season. So he moves on to on to on to Everton, which you know I've finally come to grips with. But we got a nice paycheck out of it. What fifty million somewhere yeah, 50 in the 40, 40, 50 million range. That's cool. I mean, we can reinvest that back into the team, find some more Richarlison's. His name is Joao Pedro, but we'll get to that. Hopefully he doesn't go to Everton. Um, <laughs> but then they fucking steal our manager. Yeah. I mean, I was I was so down with with see, I can't even remember his name now. Marco Marco Silva. Silva. Thank you, Marcus Silva. I was watching him with the Tigers. He was he was a manager. He's like, all right, we got we got Silva in here. And then Everton's like, Yeah, we're gonna steal your manager too. Come over well, to Everton. We're good to go. And we and did like, actually get in trouble for it too because we started yeah, talking to him during the. You uh, tapped him up. Yeah, during during the season, but, and uh, and also the team was doing great, and then complete Watford completely fell apart after that too. So well, that was yeah. Richarlison. It coincided with Richarlison's dip yep. in form, yeah. which happens every fucking year. Yeah, pretty but much. Yeah, Marco Silva became a snake. I mean, I I can't stand the guy now. I I've been saying since he was with the first season with Watford, Marco Silva's a fraud. Yeah. I don't think he's a very good manager, personally. Oh, well, he hasn't. Yeah, he's he's managing. What do you do? What do you get y'all to? Ninth. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but where do you expect Watford to be? I'll take a top ten finish every year. No, I know you Watford. will. Talking I'm talking about, about him. <laughs> I'm talking about, about them. I I did love. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about the bit with the snakes and uh, Watford? What they were doing whenever uh, they played Everton. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was those little inflatable snakes, and they're waving at fucking Marco Silva, like you know, you snake, you left us for. Allegedly a better club. And, you know, I guess they are better with a bigger pocketbook and some quality players. I, I'll never say Everton's not a good team. They are, even with Jordan Pickford and goal. But it's a European carryall, please. Yeah. It was no. sort of just a <laughs> shitty thing to do in the middle of the season. I, I mean, but Watford's been known to change managers like they change fucking underwear. Yeah, that's so, true. The snake, yeah. the, the inflatable snake thing, holding mm-hmm. it up when y'all visited. Uh, and then brought him into your I was stadium say, as well. Brought him into our yeah. stadium as that well. That was uh, when somebody in Arsenal, yeah, printed off fake 
five pound notes. Yeah. And would chuck them at Ashley Cole. Do you remember that? After oh, he moved yeah, to Chelsea. Right. Yeah. Yep. And they called him Cashly Cole forever. They would just, Cole every time he they would just throw fake cash at him, like Monopoly money. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, the, the snake bit, the snake bit, even, even, you know, the game re- respects game. That was pretty fucking great. It's I awesome. It. Yeah. No, all, all for it. All right. So let's wrap up this section. Sammy, give us the, the big final question. All right. What are your expectations this season? And why is it staying up in 17th on the final day? <laughs> why is it what staying up 17th okay let's so no actually that's the all-important question isn't it of the promoted teams i do feel that uh, watford have the best chance based on one thing and that's their record-setting defense back in the in the championship 30 goals conceded but i know the premier league isn't the championship we've been here before and uh you know over the last what three seasons i i, I was doing a little little researching here um goals have actually decreased down by 48 goals over the last three years. So that's from 2.82 down to 2.69. So I think statistically that bodes well for the Hornets because we are defensive. That's how we're going to come out playing every game. But uh, we have seen the departure of some of uh, our previous Premier Premier League players like uh, Gerard De La Feu, Eddie Incapu, Daryl Yanmark, Danny Welbeck, who was fucking worthless, uh, Roberto Pereira. But we have retained the core group from last season. The big name, as you guys have already said, Ishmael Asar, because honestly, I thought he was going to be gone in January. I thought they mm-hmm. were going to move him for big money, but he's a key player. And uh, coming into this season, there's some big expectations on his shoulder. He scored 13 and nine last season. So if we can win uh, some of those games that we're expected to win, say against the bottom half of the table, um, and be competitive with some of those at the top, there's no reason that we can't continue in the Premier Premier League. I think the only thing that's going to stop Watford will be another uh, manager shit show by ownership when, you know, the Hornets hit their first winless patch, maybe go four, five, six games without a win, and then we're going to see a rotation. Garcia, Sanchez Flores, Ivic. You know, we can't go through three or four managers in one season remain in the top flight of English football. No, so, very true. So, so the question is, if Cisco remains at the helm and our defense holds up, the big questions, where are we going to get the goals from? All right. Well, then we're going to get into that in the next segment. It's time to tell you what any what little anybody knows. It's speculation time. Tell I'm a little rusty there, Sam. Um, A little bit. So you're um, the only one. Yeah. yeah, We're both a well-oiled machine on this side of the table. Fuck you are. Hit that mute button. Hey, look, she did that right. How about that? Well done. Um, so we're check gonna- one, check one. Yep, <laughs> she hit her own button. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Um, Sam, we'll talk a little bit about speculation of the rest of the league, you know. But what we really want to talk about is what Watford's doing in the off season to sign people. Who are they linked to? And also, Stephen, we want to kind of find out too. Um, what do you think pieces are that you need to get? So, who have you signed so far? Well, so far, we, we really only have two relatively big names that have been signed, but they both fill holes. We signed Emmanuel Dennis, uh, center forward from Club Bruges. He made about 75 appearances, nine goals. He was loaned out uh, early in 2021 to FC Köln uh, over in uh, the Bundesliga. I think he made nine appearances, but he was somewhat disappointing on loan, and hopefully— They were relegated, can, I believe, FC Köln, weren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. they, I think they yeah. were. Um, and nine, but, nine and 75 is not a great return for a center forward. 
No, it's not. But we we got guys like that on our team now. Isaac Success, and I've never been a huge Andre Gray fan, but I think both of those guys need to go. But uh, Dennis does come with a bit of baggage, poor behavior, and not a team player. But we saw the same thing with Etienne Capu when he came over from Spurs. So hopefully... Mm -hmm. That uh, hopefully Cisco can get something out of him, and uh, you know other managers have criticized Dennis uh, for his lack of commitment in training. Uh, so we'll have to see if he can sort all that, and hopefully Cisco can take him under his wing and sort of transform his attitude and improve his game. So basically, he's a low risk, high reward type of player. Watford still need to find goals, mm-hmm. and uh, at that price, I mean, we acquired great eighteen million from Burnley. That really just hasn't worked out for us. Mm-hmm. Now you had said uh, in the last segment, uh, you guys moved on from uh, uh, Jerry Delafeu. Where where did he end up going? De La Faye went back to Udinese. After the knee okay. injury, the ACL, MCL, he was done. Watford moved him on. I don't think he's ever going to be the same player. He was great while he was there, but, I mean, now he's 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 in Ishmael Asar. Ishmael Asar is in his position. I think I'd rather yeah. have Sar, a little younger, 13 goals, nine, I think 13 and nine last year is what mm-hmm. he scored. So uh, it, it's sort of exciting to have him still back at the club and, you know, We've got Joao Pedro up front as mm-hmm. an 18-year-old Brazilian. But uh, the other – and, you know, I think Dennis will split time up front with him. But uh, the other signing they made, little old, age 30, Danny Rose came over on a uh, a free mm-hmm. sign, uh, two-year contract from Spurs, 214 appearances, I think 10 goals, 29 assists in 14 seasons. Um, and I know Rose sees himself as a first-choice defender for our team. But uh, I don't think that's how it's going to uh, play out this season. I think Adam Messina will definitely have the starting duties. But I, I do think Rose will push him. And I think I, I do think Rose is a class player. And uh, even though he sort of fell out of uh, favor with uh, Pochettino and Spurs, he's, uh, fucking he's got dickhead. proven. Yeah. What was that? Um, he's a fucking dickhead. Oh, Bo, because he kicked your goalie one <laughs> he's time. He's the one that drop kicked Burt Leno in the chest two seasons ago. Well, if anybody needs a good drop kick and it's Burt Leno. And then Dove or, or, when Alexis Sanchez called him. Or or if anybody it, hold on. Or if I anybody can't remember if it was Alexis. No, it was Lucas Torreira. Or if anybody just likes dropping things, it's certainly Burt Leno. Yeah. <laughs> remember? Between his legs. And I'll drop some us. truth in this bitch in a minute, okay? <laughs> well, we, Be careful. You know where we took six points off you last season? Yeah, remember that? Me. Yeah. First time exactly. since what? It's seventeen thirty eight. You know or what? Some shit? All I know is the last season. The last season we took six points off your ass. Thank you very much. And you're not playing in Europe. Ha ha. Um, so, uh, so he, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think he, he has proven experience at the back line and he yeah. could uh, potentially play forward, uh, sort of as a, a left wing position, uh, an advanced defender position for, for Ken Sema. So again, he, he sort of reminds me of Etienne Kapu. Kapu came over, didn't have the, the, the best work habits. Um, he was frozen out of Pochettino on the starting 11 in the national team. And then Kapu went on to be, I mean, our, our best player a couple of years in a row. So oh, absolutely. I'm sort of excited for Rose, even though he does have some things to prove. I say on, on, the, on a serious note, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Rose, I think, is one of the biggest proponents for uh, mental health in the Premier League as well. Um, and talking about some of his struggles he had at Spurs and then kind of coming to the realization when he lost his place at Spurs um, that he needed to humble himself again mm-hmm. uh, and tried to do that at Newcastle. Didn't exactly work out, you know, for everybody. Part of that, I think, was <clears throat> just let's Newcastle. say the lack of leadership, <laughs> not poor leadership. Let's just say there's just none. Yeah, that's uh, true. With uh, with Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. So yeah, and and also, I mean, you have to figure you're adding Premier League experience to the team. That can't hurt. That can never hurt. Right. Absolutely. So- when when you have somebody like that that 
that walks in with that chip on their shoulder, like Etienne Capu or Danny Rose, potentially. And then you have somebody on the other side, you know, 15 miles south in, in North London, someone like Kieran Tierney that told his agent, don't give a fuck about the numbers. I want the time. Right. Don't sign a deal unless it's four years or more. Right. Done. Yeah. I don't care about the money. I don't care about moving. I don't care about your fee. Take another 5%. Don't care. I want to play for Arsenal. Just make sure I get four years. Got it. And it's like that passion, that kind of humbling, you know, just I know where I'm at. I know who I am and this is what I want. Those players, some of those players that have that have kind of, quote unquote, fallen from grace, if you can call Spurs grace, have, uh, <laughs> you know, needed to work out amongst themselves before mm -hmm. they uh, succeed elsewhere. So, uh, Stephen, along with because uh, we're just going to ignore the fact that Sam turns around and makes every show into an Arsenal. That's show. That's not true. It's just what rolls. I know best. It's a fucking example. Yeah, I hear you. But you know what? I just won't give any examples. I'll just make outlandish claims and do what I want. Uh, that, sounds, that? that sounds exactly like an Arsenal supporter. Well done. Thank you for <laughs> keeping the suits. Um, so, Stephen, what are some holes that need to be fixed? Obviously, you're not 100 percent sold on on center forward. What what kind of depth do you think you need to the squad? Uh, it's uh, gold. Where are our goals going to come from? I mean, if we want to stay in the Premier League, Sar is going to have to come up with a lot more than 13 and Joao Pedro is going to have to come up with more than nine. We've got some players. Uh, Ken Sima, our wide left uh, forward, he was solid this year. They brought in uh, Philip Zinkernagel, who who did a, 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 a good job. I only think he had one or two goals, but he, he can feed the ball, plays wide right. Um, Nathaniel Chalabal has been there for a couple of years, but he still really hasn't, I don't know, matured or flourished. I know he's been injured quite a bit. But the Joao Pedro is the interesting one because he, he he reminds me of Richarlison. He's Brazilian. He played at Fluminese. He moved to Watford, and, and I believe they have talked. But um, you know, he's and he's only eighteen. He he's got some serious skill. But uh, we'll have to see what he brings to the club. Um, we don't really have anybody in our youth system who can who can match Pedro right now. So unless they sign somebody else, you know, it makes me know, nervous. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is uh yeah. is Jao, like a similar situation to Jao Felix at Wolves? Yeah, they kind of hedging their bets on this young kid, and then it could go great. It sure, but uh, more often than not, hedging your bets on a teenager has gone bad. Well, I I would give this much credit in this circumstance for for Watford is that kid also just got an entire season in the championship. Uh, yeah, and that could just, toughen him up a bit. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, when you talk about sending people to England, yeah, go real quick. When you say, send people to England, they end up learning how to get the shit beat out of them, and that kid already just learned how to do it. Please go ahead. I'm sorry, Stephen. I was going to say, if there's one area where our scouting is sound, it is in South America. I mean, we bring some of these guys in, they find them, and you know, I mean, they end up like Richarlison. Fifty million dollars later, we're walking away laughing, mm -hmm. and another team has has a star. But you know, it's a business, right? In in the grand scheme of things, football is a business. Watford is making hand over uh, money, hand over fist. I'm not really going to complain if if we end up with a. a Richarlison at Watford for a year and a half, two years, and then they move them on. We know that's going to happen because that's what Watford does. Yeah, well, it buys you so. five more of them. Exactly. You five know, more opportunities. You you have to be able to, particularly if you're not one of the big six clubs yep. that's just printing money from shirt sales mm -hmm. all around the world, you have to be able to sell valuable assets when they're valuable and then be able to continue with that 
with that money to continue that system. Before you make yeah. your next point, I'm just yeah. going to add in the allegedly tag here because anytime we talk about an organization with Italians in charge and interest in South America, I feel like we should do it with kid gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me very nervous. <laughs> so anything that gets said in this section, allegedly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. And then their best, their their biggest fan uh, was a rock star in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's all come full circle. Watford allegedly is uh, is is smuggling cocaine into England. That's it. It's done. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um. Do you think that there's going to be much more movement from the team? Do you think there are going to be many more signings before the uh, window closes? Would you want to play as Watford if you're a star forward? No, but do you think you can find one? I don't think they can find one. I, I think they're set with what they have. I know we're in the process of moving Andre Gray on to, uh, I think, Middlesbrough is where the, the mm-hmm. talk was. But, no, I, I think for the most part they're pretty much set. <laughs> I mean, they still have Troy Deeney. Yeah, granted, he's on mm-hmm. the wrong side of 30. I think he's 30. 233. Uh, Isaac success. So if we play a 4-3-3, I mean, we've got two or three, four players that they can throw in that center forward mm-hmm. position and, you know, hopefully make it work. Uh, we, we have to remember when we're talking about uh, Isaac, we got to call him by his full name. Isaac, great success. <laughs> <laughs> we, we found that one out two years ago and we just went all Borati with it. We were yep. just like, great it's, success. His, his name is great success. How? Freaking amazing is this? Oh uh, God, I love African people when they name themselves crazy stuff. It's the best, man. Yeah. The African players, there's so many that have these funny, great, just superstar names. They're marvelous Nakamba. I know. They're, I mean, it's lovely. He's marvelous for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, it's just awesome. Just makes me smile every time I see the names. Yeah, absolutely. The the I feel like you almost need to get in bed with a super agent kind of like Wolves have done, and find some sort. Now, obviously, it kind of flopped a bit with Jao Felix so far. Jury's still out. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit more experience now. But if, uh, like like Wolves did, find somebody that'll bring in. The Premier League is going to be a step up for most players anyway, in the bar 15 clubs in the world, right? So if you can find somebody from Udinese, somebody from Fiorentina, somebody from even RB Leipzig to an extent, although there are a lot of, what they've done, I believe, is is kind of I don't know if it's all above board. It's kind of with ownership yeah. laws in Germany. I don't know how they all of a sudden uh, got everything they did. But you find these sorts of players and then use that as a stepping stone Two, three, four seasons, maybe sell them for a huge profit or like Flamenco in, in Brazil or, you know, River Plate or Boca Jr. Something like that, where you can find these players on a relatively cheap situation it's going to be a step up for them they may not be good enough to make the next step and you can hold on to them for three or four years and they can bag you 15 each i think that may be a a, a good option you know yeah. what i mean if, if yeah. but then you're kind of beholden to that super agent which is a pain in the tits yeah it can be <laughs> definitely can be especially when you uh you fire slash manager leaves club and then su- he is the super agents, uh, you know, his also yeah, it his, is his cl- Yeah, so uh, it's, yeah, it makes it makes things a little sticky. It's hard. Well, with that being said, I did Sam want to just touch base real quick. And Steve, you're more welcome, more than welcome to chime in on it as well. Apparently, the big signing so far this silly season has been the coaching carousel. And funny, you know, normally how it's like one position gets signed and then all the chips fall. Mm-hmm. 
Why was not happening? No, what, no, what? Everton signs Rafa, and then suddenly Nuno shows up at Spurs, and and then uh, I, I know in the Championship, Fulham left uh, Parker left Fulham and went to Bournemouth and all kinds of weird shit. It was like, hold on, Everton was the the domino the first, that yeah. dropped like. Wouldn't have you have thought Tottenham would have been the first one to drop as well, their quote the the big club that well, never the, wins anything? We all thought that it was gonna be Nuno to Spurs immediately. Yeah. When he announced he was leaving. Yeah. And we thought that was gonna be, you know, probably signed and delivered during stoppage time of the final game of the season. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just wasn't. They interviewed a boatload of people. Uh, it seems Nuno was probably tenth on the list, uh, almost. The old uh, Roma manager Fonseca mm-hmm. uh, was one that they had was one that they had um, interviewed a few times, and it just came to a screeching halt. And Conio Conte came to a screeching halt, which means either Kane's definitely not staying, or Daniel Levy's not going to put his hand in his pocket because they can't get um, they couldn't get another manager to to do. So it, it I don't know it, the whole thing smacks. Of just being very, very disjointed at Spurs uh, right now, and I could see them not finishing in the top six next uh, season. Well, that very also, easily also depends if they keep Kane as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it, all of that could be up in the air. All right. Well, that's going to about wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? Yeah, Tottenham or shit. Okay. Just haven't been here in a while. Thought I'd make that clear. Cool. They're in Europe. You're not. Uh, they're in the Europa Conference League. <laughs> it's, yeah. And if you could be in the Europa Conference League. Actually, I thought about it. I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I'd like the rest. All right. I'd like a season. Uh, you were talking transfer news. I do yeah. have some breaking news on Jack Grealish. Jack is still with Austin. And he's still a fuck boy. <laughs> I pulled out my best do 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 do. <laughs> you knew that one. You knew what she was gonna do. You knew the bit. All right, all right. So that's it. Huh? That's all you got. I to- did check the Googles before I said that. The old Google box. Well, um, <laughs> Stephen, plug away. Uh, Watford supporters, how can they? Uh, if there's people that are interested in the club, want to learn more about them, how can they find out more about Watford? I I write probably three articles a week on Watford, a preview, a review, and a lot for the fantasy game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do, do do a lot of writing over Planet FPL. Um, a couple of the guys who are over in England, I write for their side occasionally. But uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Six Goal on Instagram, Thirty Second Beer Review. That's where you can find me at. Excellent, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, uh, boys and girls. Next up is injury time, where we will be recapping the famous 3rd of July party. Sam, if one wanted to find injury time, how would they go about doing it? Very simple indeed. It is www.patreon.com backslash DU football show. And as long as you sign up to either the $5 tier or the $9 tier, why, Mel? Because $10 is just too much. Damn fucking straight. You sign up to one of those top two tiers, you get access to injury time as well as sound Mm -hmm. check, which is our our, uh, pre-show show. show. Which this will be a very interesting sound check because you're going to hear us talking, but not Steven. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be brilliant. So if you want 45 seconds of dead air for $5 a month, (laughs) hit us up. 
You sure you don't want to plug it one more time? You've only done it once this entire show. Patreon.com backslash That a boy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next week. Peace. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!